Jeez. I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? Hey. Always, always uh, start the, before recording, start a little jam to rage and it makes her laugh. It does make me laugh and I like do a little jig with it. <laughs> like a one, a two, a one, two, three, shimmy is what I just did. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Hi, everyone. Episode three? Yeah. What do y'all think? <laughs> We've made it. It is so fun. Oh, my God. Like I- to research and write a story the way I want to tell it. God, it is fun. It's all I want to do. Oh, my God. I would live for it. I know stupid work keeps <laughs> fuck that. Fuck that real hard. I am going first. I mean, first. First. No, you're going period. I'm going I, I get to this week. sit back, relax, and fall asleep. I am so tired. But I know. I already have Unisom ready for me. <gasps> I think that's my issue. I took it last night because I really, I got up really early so I could get some work done. And for some reason, I like couldn't fall asleep on it. So I think I technically got like five hours of Unisot, which is normally would probably be fine, but I feel like it made me so dry. I've been so tired all day. Been- when I take Unisom for multiple days in a row, it like the fourth day or third day, yeah. it's like, okay, it doesn't work. You need a day gap or something. Yeah. Shit. Well, good for you. I know. I am. Dope. That's the difference in me and you. Mm. Ready for my story? Sure. It's a doozy. All right. I wonder if you've heard it. I hope not. I'll be pissed. Oh, my God. I'm going to be so amped if I have. I'm going to interrupt you and try to tell it myself if I've heard it. <laughs> so. That'd be great. Then I can sit back with my unisom. Figure that one out. All right. My sources are Murderpedia Duh. for the most part. Uh, Generation Y also did a podcast episode on it. Now, a little bit from Wikipedia. So this is the story of Charlie and Terry Brandt and Michelle Jones. Do you know it? Charlie Brandt sounds very familiar. Oh, fuck. I well, mean, I mean, I don't know. You, might, you tell me and then I'll tell you. Okay. Go ahead. Charlie and Terry Brandt were in their late 40s and I've been married for about 18 years. And uh, according to their friends, they were like inseparable. Terry was like the carefree one. They, they even said gypsy-like. Ooh. And Charlie was quiet and reserved and but handled Terry's outgoing personality perfectly. And they would do cute things for each other like make each other's lunches every day because they said lunch tastes better when it's made by someone who loves you. <laughs> that sounds so familiar. Have you really? told me this? You may have like told me Gavin on the phone one day. I don't think so. Someone has. But I don't I, know. But I still don't know what's going on. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Terry's closest friend, Melanie, even said in an interview, if my husband loved me one third of the amount Charlie loved Terry, I'd be the luckiest woman in the whole world. So nice. That's nice. I know. So they were living in the Florida Keys when Hurricane Ivan hit in 2004, and they had to evacuate. So they went to their niece's house, Michelle Jones. She lived in Orlando, which is like four hours away and was no threat to the hurricane. So Michelle was Terry's sister's daughter, and they're all really close. Like Terry and Charlie had visited before. Uh, They even knew most of Michelle's friends, so they were amped on it. Okay. Michelle's 37. She's single and an executive at the Golf Channel. So she's living life. For real. I know. She's a badass. Payne would. 
That's gross. That's my brother-in-law. Oh, my God. I cannot believe you just said that. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> it was the first time I was like, oh, my God. Pam would be in love with this chick. I know. He, he would leave me for her for sure. <laughs> Anything golf. Any any that has potential to give him good golf tournament passes. Get out of here. Yeah. For real. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> she's really pretty, too. Charlie even called her uh, Victoria's Secret, which is a little weird that it's your niece, but I don't know. Uncle's man. Ew. I know. It's, yeah, it's sure. It's weird. Sure. Ew. I know. Anyway, Charlie was a radar technician, and before leaving, he boarded his house up to perfection. Uh, each little piece of wood panel was cut out as if it was custom fit. Each of the doors had a perfectly meticulously round circle for the doorknob. It was just what you would expect an engineer to do. So they get to Orlando and were planning to stay through the weekend to wait out the storm. They were supposed to leave Monday, but Charlie insisted they stay one more night. Michelle called her two best friends, uh, Debbie and Lisa, and told them to come over later that night for Charlie and Terry's last night to hang out, who they both knew, Charlie and Terry. These are her best friends. Oh, yeah. Terry's still there. Yeah. Terry and Charlie are husband and wife. I know. I understand that, but I just didn't need Charlie calling his niece Victoria's Secret to be there alone with her, you know? Oh, well, that was just like Uncle Charlie. I don't know. I mean, I I know. I'm with you. He's Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But so Michelle calls her two best friends to come hang out, but a few hours later calls them back and essentially says, never mind. They've been drinking. Charlie and Terry had started to argue, which apparently they never did. So Michelle thought it'd be awkward and just best for no one to come over. The following day, which was a Tuesday, Michelle's mom, Mary Lou, calls her to see how the weekend went, but she doesn't answer. They're very close and they talk pretty much every day, but she wasn't initially worried. It's when she doesn't answer Wednesday, that gut instinct comes in, that mother's intuition comes in. Yeah, you're hauling ass over there. No, well, she lives in North Carolina. So she can't go over there. You still haul ass down there. Yeah. But then instead she calls Debbie, Michelle's best friend, and says, go over there and check on them. And Debbie, Lisa, Michelle all have keys to each other's houses. So she's like, yeah, sure, I'll go over there. So she pulls up and she sees Terry and Charlie's car and Michelle's car. And she immediately gets that gut feeling too. And her adrenaline is just going as she walks up the front door. Because she knows that Terry and Charlie were supposed to leave the prior day, previous day. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So she walks up to the front door, kind of freaking out with Mary Lou. Mary Lou is still on the phone. She keeps her on the phone so she can hear everything. So Debbie pulls out her key, and it will not go. It's stuck, which divine intervention, if you ask me. Okay. So so she tells Mary Lou she's going to walk around back, and uh, as she makes her way back there, they're in complete silence. And Debbie peeks into the garage door, and all Mary Lou hears is a huge gasp. Oh, God, I got chills. Debbie sees Charlie hanging from the pipe in the garage from a bed sheet. Oh, shit. She hangs up on Mary Lou, calls 911. When the cops get there, they use Debbie's keys. No problem. That's why I think it's divine intervention. She couldn't get in. Oh, Okay. As the detective walks in, he says the smell of her home was masked by death. Ugh. He finds Terry slumped over on the couch. She's been stabbed seven times in the chest. They make their way back to the bedrooms, expecting to see Michelle in the same manner, but it is far worse and way more gruesome. 
Oh my god. What? Let me have a sip of wine. Okay. So Michelle was on her bed. She was decapitated with her head next to the body. Almost like the person who didn't made her watch what he was doing. Oh. Her breasts were removed. Uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. Her intestines and her heart were removed and also lying next, next to her on the bed. There was no sign of a struggle, so the cops immediately concluded that Charlie had killed Terry first, then Michelle, then himself. He used Michelle's own kitchen knives and very quickly killed his wife, almost to get her out of the way, and then he took his time with Michelle. He stabbed her once in the chest, which pierced her heart. That's what killed her. And then he removed her clothes, washed them in the sink, came back and diligently mutilated her. Gross. Which, this seems weird to me because... Crime of passion usually happens with a spouse, not your niece. But it's like he killed Terry very quickly and just to get to Michelle. I'm telling you, I got vibes. Yeah, you got vibes early on. Even after the lunch thing, which I threw in there to be cutesy, throw you off. (laughs) (laughs) No? No, that's... That's, that was the biggest red flag of them all. (laughs) The Victoria's Secret comment trumped the lunch thing. It was weird. I don't know. Fuck don't the lunch thing. Anyway, he didn't leave a note explaining himself, but he did leave a bunch of da, 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 Victoria's Secret underwear around <gasps> Michelle. So Ew. it was just obvious he was obsessed with her. Really? What happened? Yeah. Like it really was home? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I thought you were trying to throw me and there was going to be like, it was one of the front. I don't know. I was like, wait. Oh no! Ew. It was gonna be Debbie or Lisa? No, I don't know. No, Debbie and Lisa would never do that. They are pissed, actually. I know. Uh, oh God! I know. No, Victoria's Secret underwear everywhere. Fucking weirdo. But this, none of this made sense to anyone. Even Michelle's mother said she didn't believe that this mild-mannered man, who she known for seventeen years, could do this. Seventeen to eighteen years could do this. Michelle's friend said Charlie came to visit all the time and there was nothing indicating this. Everyone was shot. So the police look into his history and nothing. He has never so much as had a speeding ticket. His record is clean, but this wasn't the work of a rookie. So they're like, they're completely baffled. So then they're interviewing everyone. Everyone in Charlie's life, everyone's in Terry's, Michelle's life, everyone. Charlie's older sister dodged an interview with the cops but then voluntarily came forward and said, I need to speak to someone. I need to speak to the detective on the Michelle Jones and Terry and Charlie Brandt case. So she gets in the room with the detective and says that she has something to tell them. And it's been a family secret for over 30 years. <gasps> okay. She tells the investigator that Charlie has murdered before. Oh, my God. And there's no, there's no record of it because he was only 13 years old. What? Uh-huh. She oh, tells man. them that in 1971, Charlie killed their mother. What? Here we go. Ready? The end. And that's it. Thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> Review. So here's the story. Wait, sorry. Yeah. I have to get this off my chest because it occurred to me and now I keep thinking about it. Because I just love the first story. Was of Carolyn. <gasps> Your second story is of Charlie Bear. 
I'm just saying, those are my kids' names. Carolyn and Charlie are Rachel's kids. Sorry, Kay. At least Carolyn was the victim in the first story. I know. Charlie's the psycho in this one. Oh, my God. Well, my, my Charlie's guilty of being crazy, too. Great, great. I know. Sorry. But it occurred to me, and I just, like, had to get it off my chest, man. That did not occur to me. I'm sorry. My condolences. Mm, some godmother. So, ready? 1971 story? Yeah, I go. Here it is. So, Andrew and Charlie lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana with their parents, Herbert and Ilze, I think. It's German. Ilze is... I had to YouTube how to pronounce it, but... Well, then there you go. Ilze. Yeah, but... Okay. Yeah. Herbert and Ilze. And their two younger sisters. One night in January, around 9 p.m., Angela, who's 15 at the time, was reading in her room. The two babies were asleep. Their dad was shaving and over the sink in the bathroom while their mom was taking a bath behind them. Charlie, who is 13 at the time, walks in the bathroom holding a gun, <gasps> points it at his dad. The dad, Herbert, sees him in the mirror and yells, Charlie, don't. And Charlie shoots him once in the back. What? He then walks over to the tub, stands over his mother, who's eight months pregnant. Oh, no. And fires several rounds into her and the unborn BB. Oh, my God. Wait. No shit. Okay, no so shit. how's the dad? So, I'll get there. All right. The last thing Angela hears from her mom is a blood-curdling, Angela, call 911. But she had no time to. Because that little shit kid is, starts walking slowly into her room, points the gun at her, <gasps> Angela. Angela just hears a click, click, click. Bullets are gone. God. No shit. Angela says his eyes were completely glazed. He was in some sort of fog as she tackles him for the gun. They're fighting on the floor and she's yelling, Charlie, I love you, just to calm him down. She's petrified. <gasps> How old is she? 15. Oh. She said she sees the daze in his eyes just disappear. He, like snaps out of it. I keep getting chills just even envisioning the story. I don't know why I've heard and read it several times, but. Oh my God. But yeah, he snaps out of it and he asks her what happened. And she's like, um, I think you shot our parents, but I'm going to help you. I'd be hard pressed to do even that. Like, what you the fuck well, out of here? What she's happened? petrified. Her I know, but I, it would just be so. A, believe that. B, even pretend to sympathize. I know, um, but she said that this look has never, like, you can YouTube the interview with the interrogation room where she's telling the detective, she says she's never seen a darkness of his eyes, and then he, like, snaps out of it. He's like, what? What happened? I don't know. Oof, okay. So she says, I'm going to help you. You shot our parents. I'm going to help you. And he says, just promise you won't leave me. And she says, I will not leave you. But as soon as he turns his back, she bolts for the front door to the neighbor's house. Oh, good. She starts banging on their front door, and all she hears is Charlie running after her, yelling, Angela, you promised you wouldn't leave me, which for some reason, I just picturing a little kid, I don't know, bloody, and even though he's a psychopath, it just made me sad, and it apparently haunts Angela to this day. That's like all she hears. Yeah, it's but, sad if you picture a yeah. little kid, but a 13-year-old? That's true. Uh -uh. That's true. It's a teenager. Uh-uh. Sorry. Yeah. That's true. Fuck that kid. For real. <laughs> By the time the neighbor, Sandy Ratcliffe, answers the door... Angela had already run to the next neighbor's house. So it's just Charlie standing there covered in blood. And he says, Sandy, I shot my mom and dad. That's all he says. Oh, and Sandy's like, okay, 
Bye. <laughs> Sandy calls 911. Good. And they rush Herbert Brant to the hospital. Detective Feigl was called, and before even going to the crime scene, he races to the hospital, hoping that Charlie's critically wounded father would survive and be able to tell, explain what happened. Herbert does survive. Thank God. But the detective couldn't get much out of him. He just kept saying, like, I don't know why my son did this. I don't know why he did this. Why did my son do this? Like, he's just, like, in shock. But because he did confirm that his son, in fact, did this, Detective Feigl takes Charlie into custody. Good. No shit. Um, but police didn't really know what to make of this 13-year-old killer, so the Indiana courts ordered that Charlie undergo three separate psychological evaluations. Here we go. Here we go. I can't. He was showing no signs of mental illness. It was a complete mystery to them. So they talked to Charlie about his friends, his family, his interests, trying to uncover some underlying problem, but there's nothing. He did well in school. He didn't get into trouble. He loved his family. In fact, everyone considered him a mama's boy. There was nothing to diagnose, which I'm like, holy shit. Oh, crazy. And I w- I'm just saying, there are just certain crimes that I'm like, mm-hmm. let's not even do a psych- psychiatric evaluation. Yeah. I, there's just, I, I'm all for it. We have a very strong mental illness issue. It goes completely unrehabilitated. There mm-hmm. are certain crimes that is warranted. Killing? No, that's not one. Harming no. children? That's not one. Sorry. Just rot in right. jail. Don't worry about it. Just take him to jail. And I, he is young. That, that is, that's like insane. Okay. So carry on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Regardless of whatever demons he clearly has, he was still too young to be held criminally responsible. So he was never charged with murder. Wait, third. Like, yeah. You are old enough to know. I mean, I don't I know, know. But you got to give it 1972. Yeah. I meant like 19. 19- Oh, it's 1971, but, you know. Yeah, as well. As well is what I meant, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was never charged with murder. Instead, a grand jury issued an ominous warning writing that such antisocial conduct could repeat itself in the future, and he was sent to a psychiatric hospital where he stayed for just over a year. Oh, my God. A year? Yes. For killing the woman who brought him into this world and her unborn baby bear. And his little sibling. Yeah, his unborn sibling. Oh, my God. I don't know when he was sentenced, how long he was supposed to be there, but he only was there a year because his father won his release. So his father fought for his release. Oh, my God. That breaks my heart into a million pieces. Well, no, don't let it. Because Herbert Brandt then moved the entire family, including Charlie, to Florida, and they never spoke about it again. Not once. Herbert never recapped the night, never asked why he killed his mom and unborn sibling. No therapy, no apologies, nothing. They just never spoke about it again. In fact, the two youngest sisters who were asleep during this time grew up thinking that their mother died in a car wreck. What? It wasn't until 2004 when they found out after he killed Michelle and Terry. Oh, my God. They found out as adults. And I understand that 1970s were another time where you swept everything under the rug and whatever. This seems particularly irresponsible. It is irresponsible. That, I was about to say, that's a situation where if you insist after one year in a psychiatric, they need like very intense therapy after yeah. the fact. 
Right. Like, to never speak of it again when he attempted to kill you and then you're telling the rest of your family that your your wife died now. Attempted to kill you and probably the rest of the family. He would have killed Angela. Yeah. And he probably would have killed those babies. It's, that is, that is irresponsible. It's incredibly irresponsible. Stupid. Anyway, a year after relocating to Florida, Herbert Brandt remarried and moved his two youngest daughters back to Indiana while Angela and Charlie stayed in Florida and lived with their grandparents. I could not find an explanation to why, as if I need one. I know exactly why he did it. But it just seems like he's running from the two family members who know the truth and just wanted to start a new life. Yeah. And I took a psychology class one semester, freshman year, 15 years ago, so I think I know what I'm talking about. But this sounds like a very heavy case of denial. <laughs> yes. I think I know what I'm talking about. Mrs. White would be so proud of oh you. God. I know. Willa. Willa. Oh, my God. That is yikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's also so, been traumatized, too. Speaking of, I mean, that's... Who, Harbert? Yes. Yeah, but you're leaving your other daughter No, I agree. With him. No, I agree. Like, your trauma he's, should be inferior to your daughter's safety. And Angela says she was petrified of him. She wouldn't even sleep with the air conditioning on because she didn't want any muffled noise. She wanted to hear every little oh creak down the hall. God. She lived like that. She's petrified of her brother. Oh, that is so sad. I know. Uh, but so years later, in 1986, Angela did tell Charlie that he needed to tell Terry about the killing before they got married. But we'll never know if he actually did. Terry's family says no way in hell she knew she would have never married him. But Angela's ex-husband, so Charlie's brother-in-law, Jim, said that Charlie said he told her. I'm like, well, can we really trust anything this loser says? So Right. Okay, so they talked about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, after years and years. But that's all okay. Angela mentioned to him. Jim, actually, Angela's ex-husband, said that they got really to be really good friends. Actually, Jim introduced Terry and Charlie, knowing this. I'm like, and... Like, that is not something that just happens once. No. That, I, just, I can't. 70s, man. Clearly not, yeah. But Jim... There's actually a Dr. Phil episode on it where Dr. Phil interviews Michelle's family and Jim. And Jim's like, well, there are certain things that Terry would say that led me to believe that she knew, although Jim never brought it up to Terry. And things like um, Jim would ask Terry if they were ever planning to have kids. And Terry's response was, considering the past, I don't think that's a good idea, is all she said. And Jim didn't ask her to elaborate or be like, oh, why do you say that? To see if she knew. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, like, that example, and then there's another example after it. the cops look into cold cases with the same MO. I'll tell you about it in a second. But, so, Jim was like, I thought she knew, but Terry's family's like, no, she couldn't keep a secret if her life depended on it, which it, it did. Which I kind of get to an extent, but I'm like, if you decide to marry someone who found out this dark secret, I'll, I tell you everything. But anything yeah. that negative about my husband and I'd want you to like him, I'm like, uh. But that's yeah. not a murder. Like, I would never marry him. Like, it would just be too, I don't know. So I'm right. like, Well, that's the difference between y'all. Yeah, that, something that makes your husband your look bad. Your spouse and yourself look bad because yeah. everyone, are you kidding? Why did you marry this person? Right. Yeah, not even the worst secret keeper. Yeah, I, I think that would be. 
very easy to keep. Yeah, but they're convinced they don't, and they know her. So I'm going to go with she doesn't know. Um, I'm with Terry's family. Okay. Um, so after the 2004 murders, the detectives went to the Keys. This is another little like, mm, did she know? I don't know. After the 2004 murders, the detectives went to the Keys to search Terry and Charlie's home, which was still meticulously boarded up just as Charlie left it. And they found a graphic poster of a female anatomy on the back of the bedroom door. Ew, like one of like, the ones you see in the doctor's office with the skeletal and muscular uh, system. But okay. it's like an attractive woman. She has her hair in a top knot. It's like creepy. It's like a real, you know, those posters are just like of a skeletal. Yeah. Wait, is this online? How do you know? Yeah, you can see, you can see it. Okay. It's like of an actual woman. Her hair's in a top knot. It, it's very creepy. Which makes okay. me also wonder, I'm like, what did, what did he tell Terry? Like, they're not in the medical field at all. It's like, oh, what did she think this was about? I don't but, know. But what is that about? I, that, I mean, it has nothing to do with. Well, he removed the heart very meticulously. Like, he studied the intestines, like how to remove them. I don't know. He just had fascination with uh, it. Okay. Yeah, he removed Michelle's intestines and heart and breast and all that very um medically like right that that doesn't indicate that terry knew anything oh no i'm like had she not known about the murders i could just be like a weird like he's obsessed with science that's true. no that's true yeah yeah so i'm good yeah. but it's weird no, I'm good not. no he's clearly a lunatic but they cops did start reopening cold cases with the same mo but i attribute i think at least four other murders to him one was a sex worker in Miami whose heart and head were removed. And this is the other, what Jim said, Jim's Charlie's brother-in-law, said that Terry had once confided in him that the day that that woman was found, which was all over the news, she remembers seeing Charlie and he was very bloody. What? And he said, she asked him about it and she said, he said that he was fishing and it was fish blood, that Terry was skeptical about that. And told Jim that. So I'm like, oh, if you're so like, I'm like, you had a feeling something was up with this guy. Yeah. Whether you oh, been like you would, your intuition rocks because he is actually that exact. That's his exact MO. Or she didn't know that he's has these dark, I don't know, desires. But either way, she did not deserve to die over it. And that's not her fault. So no, no, of course not. But she, I know. But either way, Michelle and Terry's families are pissed at Angela and Herbert Brandt for keeping this family secret for over 30 years because uh, they don't think Ter Terry would have ever married Charlie. And this all could have been prevented. And not once has Angela or Herbert reached out to Terry and Michelle, not to give <gasps> condolences, no acknowledgement, nothing. Crickets. So they, they still sweep things under the rug. They are what? awful. They oh. think they, sh they should be held criminally responsible. Okay. I'm going to have to chew on that for a second, but I know. Well, as a result of this, they did petition and this is a law passed in Florida only right now, but they're trying to get it passed everywhere, which I think it's a no brainer. It's called the Michelle Lynn law. And it states, if you commit a violent crime, regardless of your age, your criminal profiles entered into a database that is oh, yeah. retrievable by law enforcement. Once you're in the database, you're not an invisible criminal. And that's what Charlie was. He's an invisible killer. <gasps> yes. Mm -hmm. I. I'm no brainer. I'm like, what? What's the holdup? It's only passed in Florida right now. I'm like, no. No, pass today. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that takes quite a few years to pass a oh law, but God, come on. So that's the story of Charlie douche, crazy ass Brant and his poor victims, Michelle Jones and Terry Brant. That isn't crazy. That is it, insane. Had you heard that before? Be honest. No, I swear to God. I couldn't remember the, um, was definitely familiar. Like, I know I've heard that. It was probably that Ranker article that brought it, like, it was like top 20 cases of shocking fat. Like, oh, like yeah. Little blur. I was thinking about that. And I was but like, the yeah, rest yeah. of it, like, I did not know. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I started reading it and you're like, don't do Charlie Brand. And I was like, oh, okay. Crazy, huh? Florida, you've done it again. <laughs> Florida, you've bred another one. No, he's from Indiana. Look at you. Murders happen in Florida. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the youngest sisters founding out as adults? Holy shit. Our mom never died in a car wreck. And how, like, how weird would it be to not have internet? Like, you couldn't <laughs> do that now. Like, that is crazy. Wait, how old were they when they found out? I don't know. I can't find that. Okay. I can't find how old they were in 1971 or obviously how old they were in 2004. Right. There's nothing about the younger sisters. Okay. But old enough to like be like, oh, wow. Yeah, 30 years later, they could have been one in 1971. Yeah, yeah 30 years later, no, they'd have right. the wherewithal to be like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Sorry, I'm just so tired. I can't think. I'm not quick-witted right now. No, that's insane. I know. So get ready for next week because my other one's real good, too. Oh, wait, I'm not going next week. Whatever. No, mine, mine's next week, and it's so fucking weird. Who are you, get, who are you doing? I don't want to say who. Well, it's a story about the Andrews. The Andrews family? Yep. That was a really good one. Is that good? Yeah. I, I saw it coming with the lunch thing. I was like, oh, I don't like Charlie. You didn't see him killing his mother. No. that Well, that's with the triple homicide. What do you call that? Whatever. Double homicide and a suicide. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wow, I guess he did do it. But it was like kind of inching that way anyway. But God, his past did not see that coming. And like, what a selfish dick to live such a double life where you clearly have demons, but you didn't have the sense or the um, wherewithal. No, the consideration, I guess, to leave a note and explain yourself. Why do you hate women? Why are all your victims seem to be women, but you did shoot your dad trying to kill him. It's like, what, what is your deal? You're so far removed from any sort of consideration. Like, you're clearly not, gonna, not. You don't, you he don't care. He was a good husband. He was a good husband. He made his wife's lunch every day. Like, I'm like, what got into you? What is with you? You're a psychopath. What is, what he was just know? pushing the real home down as far as possible. Clearly. No. That's like the least shocking thing. Oh, that he didn't explain himself or what yeah. causes... But, like, to be a mama's boy, and then you, at 13? That Ooh. is, and that is the craziest. That's scary. I don't like knowing stuff like that. I know. Because <laughs> I'm trying to raise a mama's boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My Charlie wouldn't do that because he's obsessed with me. <laughs> so, mm. I don't have to worry about that ever. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Charlie Manson's mom would say the same thing. <laughs> His mom would say the same thing. And she'd be wrong. And she'd be real wrong. Oh, but 
Let's name some good Charlies. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to think of one. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> but of the ones we've listed, he's the best. I don't <laughs> know what else to do. Sure. Charlie Day. <laughs> Charlie Day is good. That's a good one. Yeah, that was good. That's quick. Charlie Cassinger. <laughs> My little BB. So that was that. I know it's crazy, but just remember people are the worst. Trust no one. Florida's done it again. <laughs> Florida's done it again. <laughs> just kidding. Jesus. Yeah, trust no one. Whatever. First. People are the worst, and we all just have to move on. Until next week. <laughs> Until then. Kisses. Um, kisses. Love you. We're like, people are the worst. Love you. <laughs> Love you. We're not the worst. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.